I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Activity Stories Welcome to Prattle World, I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring And welcome to another edition of Alternativity Stories A month-long look at alternative stories set around the most wonderful time of the year and this time, we're going to talk some Christmas comics, some Yuletide tales from some brave and bold heroes. And I'm here with a brave and bold hero himself. It's Mr. Dan Ketis. Hello, Dan. Thanks for having me back on Prattle World. I'm often described as both brave and bold. So yes. uh, yeah. I, I'm more brave and bold. That's, my, <laughs> that's, that's how people describe me. I think it's a good look. I think, I, think, uh, I think you're one of the people that can pull it off. Pull it off with my massive bonds. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are going to look at three Batman tales. Yes, we are, yeah. But he's, he's not alone, is he? He is not alone. He's, he's never alone. He's a loner who has quite a large family and several thousand teams the Bat Man. Paradox. Yeah, the Bat Paradox. But we are here to look at the original series of uh, Batman and the Outsiders from started in 1983. Thank you for introducing me to this because this is it's one of those titles that I've always been peripherally aware of, but I've never been inclined to pick it up myself. And I keep seeing it on Comicsology and whatnot. And for some reason, it's something that's always passed me by because. Just because I think the the other characters like sort of Metamorpho and hmm. uh, Katana and uh, Halo and Geoforce, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're 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 quite lesser known characters. They're very obscure, yeah, yeah. So and and for some reason, like because I've got such a massive backlog of comics to get through anyway, mm. um, I've been sort of well, I'm I'm not going to invest that much time in characters I'm not familiar with because yeah. I've got so much more pressing stuff. But doing this has actually shone a spotlight on that and and I think obviously the as with the Brave and the Bold, they've used Batman as a vehicle to sort of showcase these lesser known characters. And I'm really glad that I got into this comic because it's it's really sort of like maybe I've only read these three issues thus far, yeah. which has created complications uh, because <laughs> there are there are sort of like little mini subplots and it's, mini I think narratives. It's thirty plus issues. We've so they've, they've released them in three volumes, yeah. um, and across thirty plus issues of the original series, they then spun off to go solo. The outsiders. So, to be fair, you're you're missing quite a quite a big gap in between. So, I can understand any kind of confusion with some of the plot lines and stuff. That's that's bound to happen. But there is there is some really cool stuff in this title. Um, Jim Apero, who uh, was the the penciler on the first two volumes, um, is. I grew up very much with that version of Batman. You know, mm. like um, I think the um, Death in the Family was one of the first. Uh, yeah, yeah, with, with that, yeah, he and Jim Starlin. Mm. Uh, that was one of the, I think the first Batman books I bought. Uh, and growing up, I didn't have much access to comics, and there was just this little stall in the market where I think it was fifty um, p each or three for a pound. You know, and what I a just, deal! Yeah, I just, I just <laughs> sort of like take what I could get, but there was no sort of 
choice or continuity it was just literally a pile and you yeah. just you just got whatever you could but i remember um like quite a few of the batman stories um uh, it was jim aparo's artwork on there and i, was, I remember very vividly there was one with etrigan the demon in which i nice. think was one of his as well yeah. um so yeah it was nice to sort of revisit that sort of era of batman and it was what what really surprised me was just like even though these are christmas themed issues mm. how dark the stories oh, go yeah. uh, oh, yeah. in, into a few like and as as we'll discuss like especially <laughs> in the first issue we'll look at some mm. really like quite gruesome imagery mm. uh, uh but you've got this this really interesting juxtaposition i think with comics of this era because obviously you couldn't do what you can now with inks um and you certainly couldn't do what you can now with digital coloring and so you've got these very, very, uh, this very, very limited color palette and then these very, very bright, bold primary colors. Mm. So it's really interesting when you have that, as with like Watchmen, you have yeah. that juxtaposition of the bright, bold and colorful style and the quite dark and nuanced subject matter. Mm. 100%, 100%. I think you've, you've framed it really well. I, I loved, I've read the entire run and it is, it is fantastic. I think... I think the last kind of storyline in in the in the run is not the strongest. Everything before that is just you know I couldn't put I couldn't put these down. There was so much fun. Batman's involved, and I like and this is what I like. I like obscure characters. I like the lesser known properties, um, you know, and the obscure films. You know, the cult characters and the cult movies. That's basically what this podcast is all about. So I'm I'm glad we chose this, and it was quite interesting to find that the writer. Mike W. Barr, who he wrote, famously wrote Batman's Son of the Demon. Mm -hmm. So he kind of, in a way, introduced Damian Wayne into yeah. the kind of continuity, in a, in a sense. Uh, you know, he, he does some quite dark solo Batman stories, but a lot of these, they have the dark elements and some, but they're also some more kind of outlandish, kind of more kind of superhero team. Oh, elements. yeah, for sure. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. But yeah, some great teams. And uh, Alan Davis takes over as well, who's another one of my fan favourite artists as well. Um, loving on Captain Britain and Excalibur and loads of other kind of titles like that. And all these kind of, um, actually his um, uh, JLA The Nail is really good if you ever get mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That's, that's an excellent that is a that is a quality title but um but yeah so i think it's a really good run i highly recommend just get it all get all three volumes and just and just binge it because it's just pure fun 80s fun it's there's a lot of kind of um there's a lot of kind of political kind of stuff oh yeah yeah i always hate these people that are like keep my politics on my comics i don't like it i'm like comics have always been political yeah from, from day one from captain america punching hitler and the, the first issue of his yeah. book i mean how can they not be political i've never i've never really got the whole uh, keep politics out of my art because anything anything however even something like star wars which isn't set in the real world mm. has is enormously affected by you know uh, not only the politics of the time but also like the 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 cinematic landscape of the yeah. time and comics sort of came into a, a, a very niche kind of uh, time obviously they were they were originally for children and then mm. they were picked up by like adults fighting yeah. in the war and it's it's every everything is political and I, yeah I've never really sort of got that that yeah. argument and um and especially in the 80s like obviously oh, yeah. this is pre-watchmen but i think after you got sort of like denny o'neill and neil adams jumping on batman in the late 60s uh you had comics getting more and more grown up it's really interesting actually that 
we normally get sort of uh, the Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen credited with, yeah. oh, well, this is when comics grew up, but like, no. it's really not. I mean, yeah. th- those are like big landmark moments in comics for mm. sure, but like there, there had been quite, I, I think like the late 60s yeah. and 70s were that sort of like, especially in America, that sort of like cultural hangover of uh, like, you know, flower power just kind of fizzled yeah. out. And then you have this uh, quite dark and subversive counterculture that crept in sort of like the early 70s. And I think the comics at the time are very much reflected on that i mean there's a, there's a captain america issue where he he's given up being captain america he's had to get the u.s government have said you're not going to be able to be captain america the serpent society turn ronald reagan into a snake and if that's not a political statement i don't know what is <laughs> um and in the run as well um there's the olympics are occurring and ronald reagan is there and maxi zeus kind of takes over and wants to kind of run his own olympics and uh, Ronald Reagan saying, "You can handle this, can't you, Batman?" He's like, "Yeah, but keep your men out of my way." Yeah, like he, he and he like breaks the guy, breaks one of his securities arm just to make a point. And I'm like, "You can't, you can't even avoid it." Like, there's always, there's always going to be some political message in any piece of art, I think, in the long run. But let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to these issues for sure. Yeah, we're going to look at. So I believe the first is issue eight. Yeah, I mean, before that, I, I sort of, I thought I'd give the first issue a try just to oh, yeah, sort sure. of. Yeah. Um, just sort of familiarise myself with the characters yeah. and, and just the, Actually, the premise of idea, The yeah. Outsiders. Um, and I really like the fact that, I mean, talking about politics, like mm. it's baked into the crust. Like the whole thing, the whole notion of The Outsiders comes about because Lucius Fox is kidnapped and then he's taken to the fictional land of Markovia. Batman's like, right, okay, I'm going to get the Justice League involved in this. And, Come and on, then gang. He, yeah, and then he teleports into the Watchtower and he says, right, okay, here's what's going to happen. And everyone's like... Because uh, we're the <laughs> Justice League, we can't really be seen to like get involved in geopolitical things. Yeah. Basically, and, and like the outside is about Batman basically going right, fuck all of you. <laughs> I'm going I'm to start my own super team yeah. with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> but um, I mean, it, like, absolutely right. Absolutely I mean, he right. Sta- it starts off with just him and uh, Jefferson Pierce, Black Lightning, mm. and I really like the fact that um, when when this run starts. Black Lightning is actually powerless because yeah. uh, the last time he used his powers an innocent girl got killed mm. uh, and he's wracked with grief over that and I, I thought that was a really interesting sort of like point to jump in on for that character yeah. uh, and he gets his powers back like, and that was quite jarring for me because he gets his powers back between the issues that I read yeah. <laughs> um, but I thought that was a really nice way to sort of uh, humanise the character and, and sort of like get a less familiar character yeah. get the audience on side with him straight away yeah um, I think originally his he didn't have any electrical powers. I think it was based on a belt. Oh, okay. And then later on, I think they they said that his belt helped him control those powers. Right, they right. weren't generated by the belt. But yeah, that kind of ties in with the original story. But yeah, let's let's talk about that. So so the Justice League don't want to create this international incident. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's I find that quite interesting and that the whole the whole concept behind that. So yeah, and they all end up in Markovia for various different reasons yeah should we should we talk about the outsiders themselves before we go into the specific issues yeah sure so we've got um we've got who we've got in the outsiders we've got metamorpho yeah uh, who's a character i'm not that familiar with what do you know about metamorpho i mean other than the fact that he's got this amazing visual with like the white skin and yeah. the uh, the purple and orange suit and the the shape-shifting abilities and the undies and the undies yeah that's that's pretty <laughs> much all i know um, about him. i mean i i saw him on a there was a two-parter of uh, justice league with metamorpho in mm-hmm. um he's a friend of um john stewart and he 
gets transformed and Simon Stagg is in there and yes. Sapphire is in there and they're kind of the original kind of it's a very goofy comic from what I, I agree but he's uh, I know but he's the element man so he can turn himself to multiple elements and use that uh, at and can do that at will, but he can't transform back. And it was due to like a, a there's, there's an issue where they go back to ancient Egypt and uh, Metamorpho ends up being controlled by the Orb of Ra, which was, which gave him his powers in the first place. Okay. But all that kind of, I, I, I would say watch that Justice League episode and that will give you, I think, a gist. But I kind of see him in this, in this role, he's kind of like the thing. From yeah. the Fantastic Four is your, you know, your, you know, your average guy, your average Joe, who just wants to, you know, live a normal life, but he's, you know, stuck as this, you know, monstrous freak. He has um, got that sort of like gruff blue collar, but with a heart of gold kind of uh, attitude that Ben yeah. Grimm's got in that, and I, I really like that. Like, I warm to the character very quickly. Like, he doesn't get an awful lot of character moments no, in these three issues, but um, I'd, I'd agree he doesn't get that much in the whole series. I think he's the one that probably doesn't get as much time spent with him, but he's a very jovial kind of nice guy and he's he's the he is the rock of this group because he's just kind of he's there and he's willing to help and he he wants to get involved and he wants Batman to tell him the secret his secret identity you know you've got to trust us we trust you you've got to trust us yeah you know so he is the kind of you know the the, the kind of cornerstone of this group I think for and, sure yeah and I think he's really cool we've got um we've got Geoforce yeah, yeah. who uh, who is uh, the the Markovian prince yes uh, and uh, Brian Brian <laughs> Brian, I just say Brian. I, I I watched another YouTuber and he called him Brian, and I was like, Nah, it's Brian. Brian, <laughs> it's Brian, mate. But he is um, his sister Tara mm. would go on to well, not would go on to, but her, his sister Tara Terra, who featured mm. very heavily in uh, the New Teen Titans story, uh, the Judas Contract, yes, which I think exactly was the right. year before eighty two. Is that right? Um, I think she, she was. I think they were introduced around about the same time within this run. They do reference. They do reference the storyline of her dying yeah. and the spoilers uh, for an almost thirty, forty years old storyline. But yeah, um, they do reference it very briefly, but not not very long because I don't. I don't think uh, Marv Wolfen had told Mike Barr what he was going to do with her. Right. Okay. So I think that was kind of a, a thing. But they do have a crossover within these within these volumes as well, which is really cool uh, with Simon and the Fearsome Five, I believe. But yeah, so he he gets superpowers, and his brother Baron Bedlam um, also. <laughs> Has superpowers. Uh, it's from a, a character called Doctor Jace, who's kind of like a geneticist, I think, or something. Yeah, like what 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 struck me reading it was it's very it's kind of very similar to what happens with the um, with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in the yeah. MCU. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like these these two teenagers who are being like operated on by shady characters who may or may not have something to do with the government, and mm. uh, so so that that kind of uh, stuck with me. I, I dug that, but he's got sort of like. Uh, he manipulates gravity and, yeah, and the elements, and, yeah. yeah, the earth, the rock, the stones. Um, yeah, it's kind of just it's 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 a bit vague. I think his powers are a little vague. They're whatever the story needs. Them yeah, to be in he can kind of he can fly by kind of repelling himself away from the earth. Like mm-hmm. kind of, I think that's how he flies. Um, very sort of, but he uh, we're going we're going to go into um, you know he he can give he can give a good licking to certain characters. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that. In oh a, yeah, for sure. In, yeah. A, in, a, in a short while, uh, we've got Halo, who's a very mysterious young woman um, with basically light based powers that can you know various kind of light forms and wavelengths can do certain things. Um, she can fly. It's kind of a little Green Lantern-ish, a little bit. Yeah, and, and she's like, she's very. Uh, I, I warned her very quickly as well because she basically comes into the story and is like, "Can anybody tell me who I am and where I'm from?" Because I haven't the faintest idea. Um, and like, she's uh, she's sort of like an entry point character. Yeah. 
again, it's going to be really interesting going back and reading these, reading the whole run yeah, to watch one. her character evolve because we can't. She kind of jumps quite a lot in between these three she, issues. She has probably the most development. It's, yeah. it's quite interesting because I knew the least about Halo, but these issues tell me. You know, give me her entire story, basically, mm. which I really enjoyed. You've got the... She's a great character. But again, I don't want to... Because I know you haven't read the run, so I don't want to spoil her kind of... The truth about her origins and stuff. Okay, cool. Because um, it is quite... It's a, a very long, overarching story. But we also have Katana from... Yes. From the... Famous from the Suicide Squad and other comics as well. And and Beware the Batman, she was in that as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I, like, I'm like i going to admit, I pref- much prefer her like current costume yeah. to what she gets in these issues. Shoes, but um, you know it is what it is. It's uh, very, it's very samurai. We we yeah. don't get an awful lot from uh, Katana in these issues, but what we do see, um, especially in terms of like her friendship with Halo, I really like. Yeah, it's really um, good. She, and also like just her sort of her ambivalence towards violence. I think was uh, was quite interesting as well. Yeah, um, I, th- I don't think Batman ever kind of calls her out on it either. I think he just kind of lets her get on with it. But I don't think he could stop her anyway. To well, be there are, there are also some moments in these issues where Batman has some very you know ambivalent attitudes <laughs> towards violence as <laughs> That's well. True. I mean, That's obviously true. this is this is sort of pre-crisis, but yeah, like whenever whenever anyone says you have to go right back to 1939 to see Batman have an ambivalent attitude towards killing, it's like no, not really. Not really. Not really. No. Uh, Black Lightning, fam- you know, obviously famous from his own TV show. Uh, so we've said Katana, Metamorpho, Geoforce, Black Lightning. Yeah, that's everybody, isn't it? I um, think it is, yeah. Um, we'll talk about another character who comes in very late into the series, but that, there's there's an issue that's pretty much focused around here, so we'll talk about her later. But let's talk, let's start with issue eight. Yes, so, absolutely. Yes, so issue eight features a guest star um, who will be famous for some... Uh, will no- be known by some um, as the Phantom Stranger. Yeah, now I that in in my head, sort of like Phantom Stranger and the Spectre are used kind of interchangeably because they're both sort of supernatural characters who sort of like duck in and out, and they don't often interfere directly with what yeah. characters are doing. I but think kind Phantom of like... Stranger, especially, I think, is more indirect than than the Spectre. Yeah, he's kind of like I, I in, he's probably close to the Watcher in Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd argue, yeah. Um, but yeah, but much more sort of like supernatural rather than kind of cosmic. alieny. Yeah, yeah, cosmic. That's the word. Cosmic, <laughs> not alieny. Word. That's not. You know, word. alieny. It's fine. It's fine. But um, yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I really appreciated um, this issue. Like, it, it, it does get very supernatural in a lot of places. Mm. Um, so the storyline is basically children uh, going missing, and we start with this, um, this, this woman who's like goes into labour in the car. Geoforce takes her to the hospital where she gives birth mm. uh, and then her, her baby goes missing and coincidentally this sort of like doddering old man is found yeah. he can't he can't communicate he can't talk he's just kind of like walking around and then it's later revealed that the babies all over Gotham are going missing yeah. which is again quite a dark storyline very like, dark the, the, the tone of the tone of it is very much like your own kind of a, a regular comic book but like it opens with a kidnapping straight away there's a lovely couple coming home after Christmas shopping and they go and they're like they walk in and the, and the babysitter runs out screaming like your baby's gone your baby's gone you know what? and, and then there's the detectives in there I'm not I think the, the detective is basically a kind of stand in for James, James yeah, Gordon yeah. in this 
Um, but he's, he's all right. He's, you know, he does he does what it says on the tin. He is like a palette swap James Gordon. He's just got red hair. <laughs> he's still got a moustache, but he hasn't got glasses. So. <laughs> but um, I, I, there's a lovely bit where the, the mum or the babysitter's like screaming at Bat. Batman's just in the house as well at this point, mm. and she's like screaming like you you don't care about this. You care about you know you know muggers and killers. And she's like he's going well. Kidnappers still ruining families. It's still a yeah. crime. I do care, it's, you know, and it's Christmas of all, of all yeah, times. Yeah, it was a nice little moment, that, actually. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, the baby's going missing, and it starts happening. And we, and to be fair, all the outsiders are quite down around mm. this time of year. They're all, like, Black Lightning still mourning over the, the girl that he killed. Got Katana and Halo missing their families. Halo not knowing her family. Katana's family being not alive anymore, effectively. And uh, Metamorpho can't get in touch with Sapphire. Brian can't get in touch with his family in Markovia. So it's a pretty grim Christmas for the Outsiders. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and, uh, and it's about to get a whole lot grimmer because yeah. we realise that these these babies, uh, they're not disappearing. They're, they're being usurped. Their bodies are being usurped. Mm by, uh, I don't know if he's a magician or a malevolent sort of, like, spirit, but, like... Oh, that's... So uh, he had a previous, like, encounter with the Phantom Stranger... Uh, he was presumed dead, but like 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 um, Voldemort, he, uh, <laughs> he 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 just couldn't have a body anymore. So he was hopping into the bodies of these babies and mm. draining their life force and turning them into old people, which yeah. is really fucking dark. Yeah, <laughs> the the old people are going going. It's almost going to the point where they they appear like they have like severe you know like Alzheimer's or something yeah like yeah. That. They can't speak. They can't communicate. They're in shock. They don't know what's going on. But actually, they're mentally still children. That's yeah. why that's why they're like that. And there's one there's there's a couple of panels where you see him like entering the body of this baby and I think his his mum's like running him a bath mm. and then you just see him <laughs> punching the mum like this naked grown man punching the mum. So God, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's kind of hilarious but also kind of terrifying a like bit, a bit full on. And then the, there are some sequences in this comic which are just pure nightmare fuel like there's a bit where um the 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 Antagonist whose name is Tanarak. I yeah, want to say. I keep wanting to call yeah. him Amarak. <laughs> but uh, he's an Anarak. He is an Anarak. <laughs> but uh, like he gets all these like babies to start attacking the outsiders. Yeah. And, and Batman's like Cape's been like tugged on. He's like, what the hell's that? Yeah, and they've just... got, like so you got these babies with like evil grins on their faces, and yeah. it's proper nightmare fuel. And the, all the all the outsiders are like, how do we handle this situation? Because Tan- like Tanarak is kind of battling. Like the, in this comic, the Phantom Stranger does get fully involved. He gets fully stuck in. Yeah, um, and has a you know a, a battle, a sorceress battle with them, while the outsiders are dealing with these babies, and they all come up with like really unique ways of dealing with them. Like Katana gets a sword out and is like, and they're like, "What are you going to do, Katana?" And they're yeah. like, she's like, "No, it's it's just shiny, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wave it around." Yeah, I really <laughs> like that where she gets the sword out. And I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" <laughs> she's like, "No, I'm just gonna Don't use it to distract them." <laughs> um, but yeah, like Halo distracts them with some lights, dazzling lights, and Metamorpho makes a cage, all that sort of stuff. And even like Black Nightwing's like, okay, I do have my powers, but I, I could kill again. You know, I could, I could accidentally kill them, you know, if I'm not careful, especially yeah, yeah. with them being kids. And again, like a lovely character beat, you know, for his, you know, his arc going forward. And Tanarak kind of dresses like a magician as well. He's got that kind yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, with the white cape and the bow tie. Yeah, and the white suit. He does look like an evil magician. That's how I would expect an evil magician to dress. But um, it but, gets it gets really dark towards yeah. the end of the issue because the Phantom Stranger decides that you know to to save the many he's going to sacrifice the one so he just sacrifices this 
poor like this newborn baby who's turned into whose, whose body's being turned into a grown man and so you see the um I've forgotten his name again anorak <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want you see him just kind of like shrivel away and you see him turn up turn into dust and then and then the the mother who's just given birth to this baby suddenly gives birth to another one and the doctor said oh well i didn't think it was twins <laughs> And and then the but then the phantom stranger says, well, it looks like some something more powerful than me is at work here, because mm. it, sa- it says like I think the doctor says it looked like that she only had one baby though it appears like she was only ever carrying one baby yeah so it's like okay and I think the halo's like do you know things phantom stranger you know and she's he's like can you can you tell me who I am and she, he goes it's not for me to know it's even you know even I don't know <laughs> yeah. this it's kind of there are there are like so. I like the Phantom of Stranger as a character, I really do. But sometimes there's like certain things where I'm like, oh, that's a little bit of a cop out, you know, <laughs> yeah. like stuff like that. But I think one of the more disturbing scenes, and again, another disturbing scene, is when the woman, uh, the Geoforce brings brings the woman in from the, from the car, uh, she starts giving birth, and then after she's given birth, they spank the baby on the bum, as as they were prone to do in those days, and it starts growing into Tanarak. Just yeah, all yeah. of a sudden it's like, the eyes are glowing, like it's very, it's very like Children, children of the Damned sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, like it's kind of, of the uh, uh, it's kind of Cronenbergian almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like the brood or something like that. But yeah, so did you did you enjoy this issue? Or I did, I did. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Um, yeah. And it's it like I say, it was a bit of a jump going from issue one yeah. to issue eight. Of course, yeah. Um, like it starts off with Christmas in Gotham, which I'm yeah. I'm always like it reminds me of Batman Returns yeah, and, and that, that animated episode Christmas with the Joker. So I'm I'm always I'm always into that. Um, I also like <laughs> it's really funny when the Phantom Stranger says. Um, Oh, I think there's something more powerful than mere work here at me. I thought, oh yeah, there is a religious aspect to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. There's a, there's a great bit where like the Phantom Stranger just appears to Batman and like takes him to like another dimension for a little bit or something. Yeah, and then and then he's like, and Batman's like super shocked, and he and he just thinks to himself, uh, I wonder if that's how people feel when I appear and disappear. Maybe that's how they feel. So he kind of like puts a little like wry smile on his face. Yeah, and he's like, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's the. Effect I hope I, I freak people. Out that I way. hope I strike fear into criminals and other people too. Um, that's my thing. That's my whole get up. And that's reminded me of uh, the, the, he has this great line in issue one where um, he says to Superman, "Like, oh, I'll leave it to you lot to be inspiring. I just want to scare people." <laughs> Which is yeah, that's, that's that's pretty Batman. That's Batman. That's as Batman <laughs> as you get. But yeah, this there's a there's a great issue later on during the I think it's called the Truth About Halo storyline, and they end up in the Justice League Watchtower, and it's okay. absolutely destroyed and wrecked. And and Batman's just bitching about the Justice League. He's like, I knew this would happen. Those <laughs> idiots would let this happen. And they'll let this just hanging in space where it's really dangerous and all this stuff could happen, all these weapons and everything. What absolute idiots. Kind of <laughs> uh, I love it. I love how I love how bitchy and weird it gets. And in the Alan Davis issues, you get to see this like really disturbing smile every now and again from Batman. Okay. Like when he's like he gets like punched in the face by Cobra or something, and he just like brushes off the blood and like gives him this like really disturbing smile. Um which I kind of I kind of dig a little bit, like he's kind of enjoying it a little bit, yeah, like yeah. Being, being a you know a, a creature of the night sort of thing. So that's pretty cool. Shall we move on to the next issue? The outsiders made quite the splash today in Cuba. Now hashtag We Are All Outsiders is trending way beyond the states. They're blowing up internationally, not just viral, global viral. We did it. As of right now, the outsiders are bigger. Bigger than the Justice League? 
Yeah, I think this this issue is probably my favourite out of the three. Yeah. Um, mostly because it's got Superman in it. Uh, yeah. But also, Big like, it, it's, it starts off in this, like, really incredible with, with Halo just sort of, like, bursting through the front door of Wayne Manor. <laughs> and Alfred's got this tray of, like, gingerbread men that just gets toppled over. He's like, oh, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, re- I really like that. And um, so, so obviously... Um, but it, it also also plays on something that happens in the first issue where yeah. uh, Metamorpho says, you know, this would be easier, Batman, if you told us your secret identity. Yeah. And he says, well, it's on it's on a need to know basis, and you don't basically. <laughs> um, but but by this point, I'm assuming that everyone's privy to his identity yeah. because I'll... Halo just comes bursting in and she is. And, uh, <laughs> and Bruce Wayne's in his like rich dude dressing gown with the cravat. It's, <laughs> like, it's actually... like it's like Hugh Hefner, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's got this Hugh Hefner look about him. <laughs> but um, yeah, at this point, I won't, again, I won't spoil it for you because I, I think you would really enjoy the issues uh, leading up to that. But yeah, at this point, they they know, they all know. And at this point, I think she's 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 been introduced to her parents, but she doesn't believe they're her parents. At That's this correct because she doesn't have she doesn't recall any memories. She doesn't recall any information, her friends, or anything at this point. But she's found she has found her biological parents. So, but yeah, there's there's question there's still questions at this point. This this issue actually comes in the middle of the truth about Halo. So this is basically the truth about Halo reveals where she comes from, what's happened, who she is, what her powers come from, you know, all the details. But this issue is just dropped in the middle of that storyline. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But it's nice it's a nice change of pace though. Um but yeah, you were saying, go on. So yeah, she bursts into Wayne Manor and says, Oh, you've got to stop me like Geoforce is gonna kill somebody. And then we go into a flashback in this really, really sweet moment where um so I'm assuming they've been dating at this point. For a little while, yeah. And um and uh, so Brian says, "Well, there's something I really want to talk to you about," and she's like, "And then you just see this little thought bubble with an engagement ring in it, and she just sort of like, oh fuck, I'm not, not, not into this not at all. That. Not down for that. So uh, then they both sort of say at the same time, like, I'm not in love with you, uh, and they're both really like relieved to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, it, it's not it's often sort of, that happens. Yeah, but it's sort of, especially in comics as well, yeah. and especially like pop culture in general in this era where." Like women were almost like a commodity, like something to be won over by the yeah. heroes. And I really like you have this moment where you have two characters who sort of like celebrate the fact that their love for each other is platonic. Yeah. Um, and that just really like that just really made me happy because I think we don't see enough platonic intergender yeah. relationships in yeah. pop culture in general, like still today. Yeah. So um, so that's something that I really appreciate. Very much, very much a Harry Met Sally mentality that sex will always get in the way, sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a it's a lovely moment, and these and again, like these are these are characters that you become really fond of, mm-hmm. and and you want to see them happy. You don't want to see them, you know, um, arguing or you know having issues and stuff with each other. So it, it's a genuine, touching moment, and yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. I felt that was really sweet. And it's really like so he's got this little box, which she assumes is an engagement ring, and she opens it, and it's uh, it's like a gold chain with like a little halo in it, and I just yeah. thought that was adorable. Yeah. It looks, it looks it a bit really like nice. have you seen um, you've seen the Evil Dead. There's like a little. It has the little necklace for. Um, I think it's Linda. has got Ash has for Linda in the in the film, and he kind of. It looks a bit like that. It's been a long time since I've seen the Evil Dead, to be honest. But uh, I'll I'll take your word for it on that. <laughs> Fair enough. So um, yes, so we've got another. So Halo at this point has been reunited with her family now. 
in the intervening issues, she's become very like she's basically been adopted by Katana, who again mm-hmm. doesn't have a family anymore, doesn't have any any relatives that are alive. So she's become a mothering influence and a, a best friend, and and it's nice to see like because she's quite Katana's quite a stern character, she's quite a dark brooding character, yeah, yeah, and it's nice to see these little twinkles of you know a lighter, softer side for sure, and, yeah. And at this point in the book, she's. She's she's accepted that Halo's got, needs to be with her family, her original family. She needs to, you know, find that again, and and she's trying to come to terms with it, and it's very difficult for her. Yeah, yeah, she's she's really sort of she knows it's what well she feels it's what's best for her, but she's really reluctant to let her go. And I think you don't get an awful lot of uh, development for Katana in these issues, but you that moment I think is really really powerful and really mm-hmm. great. Um, and then that moment uh, between uh, Brian and Halo is interrupted by the phone ringing, and it yeah. is oh Denise. What's her second name? Uh, I can't remember, but it's, Denise is a friend of Brian from Gotham University, so they both study together. And she's kind of a, she's just a friend at this point in the in the book. She's just a kind of friend and basically calling it as a, you know it's a plea for help at this point because she has taken an overdose and she's not been able to contact you know the emergency services or anything but she did think to contact Brian who goes to a rescue immediately yeah and now this this is where it gets really uh, really dark and really quite um uh, social commentary ish yeah. as well because yeah. the reason she's taken this overdose is because her the the dean like her tutor at uni has yeah has made sort of sexual advances, I believe. We yeah. don't see it in this issue. It's, it's, in, it's before, definitely but... in the previous issue. You see in the previous issue it happen, and it's a, a set of kind of panel, silent panels where you just see her absolutely distressing about... Because it's basically... He has the... He has the power to, you know, approve a scholarship, I believe. So it's her whole future is riding on it. Right. Um, and Dean Rayburn, I believe he's called, has That's said, right, yeah. basically, you will give me sexual pleasure... Or you won't get your scholarship. Uh, That's right. Which yeah. is obviously the most disturbing part of this story. But Brian gets that information out of Denise before she kind of, I think she falls into a sleep or a coma or something. And he says, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Which is a genuine, honest reaction I think anybody would have mm-hmm. when somebody they care about has been, has not only almost killed themselves, but through somebody has tried to sexually molest them yeah. as well. It's yeah. So this is. I think. I think for me, the last the last one was disturbing, but this one is like more disturbing in a real world way. Yeah, yeah. Because this stuff happens. But yeah. So he basically basically flies towards where he believes the dean to be to kill him, and Halo contacts Batman. That's where we go back to the beginning of the issue, and Halo's bursting in and says, "Batman, we need to stop Geo Force from killing this guy." Yeah, and then so uh, so. Batman just sort of like starts walking down to the Batcave, and she said, "Well, none of us can, none of us are, are powerful enough to to face him." He's like, "But I know a man who is." Yeah. And then we cut to Metropolis, and uh, it's like the Daily Planet Christmas too. They're all they're all gathered around a big punch bowl, singing carols, and then you just hear this like beep 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 going to Clark's ear, and then just jump <laughs> he's off. And uh, there's a really sweet moment where there's a, a like a mother and a little boy, and the little boy says, "Mom, mom, look at that!" And she says, uh, "Did you see Santa Claus?" He says, "Oh." He even better and then you see superman like flying through the snow in metropolis i just thought that was a really cute image that, that, is, that is sick yeah I, like, I really like that but yeah and we also get like i think 
Um, they, Katana and Black Lightning are going kind of on patrol. I think uh, Black Lightning's wanting to speak to her and said, right, this guy's robbing from Santa. You know, yeah. There's, there's these guys robbing from Santa. And she was like, and it's just one guy. It's one, like, lone gunman. And Black Lightning goes, why are you avoiding Halo? Why won't you see Halo? She, mm-hmm. You know, you care about her so much. Why Why won't you see her? And she's like, it's better for both of us. It's, it's too hard to see her. Yeah. It's too painful at this time. And she needs to forget about me and, and get involved with the parents and try and get those old memories back if possible uh, and again just a lovely little sweet moment for katana yeah i like i'm i'm always into uh anything where i actually got a bit of um an identity crisis vibe mm. from from these pages because um katana and, and uh black Lightning, i believe are in a few panels together in that story yeah but mostly probably. it's it's uh it reminds me of the the start of that story where i'm i'm, I'm always up for superheroes just being on patrol but also talking about personal stuff while yeah. while doing a bit of like low level crime busting yeah I don't know why but for some reason that just really I really dig that I really yeah. enjoy that I, I was I always really enjoyed like the Avengers sitting around just having coffee yeah yeah you know, for just sure. around the mansion just just chilling not not doing any world saving me just, too like yeah, the, I love that in stuff. fact I think my favourite part of Age of Ultron is just the the scene where they're just like hanging out yeah. <laughs> after after catching the bad guys yeah. just hanging out and having a party and a few beers telling some stories mm. trying to pick up Thor's hammer it's brilliant I love it I, th- I think we sh- I hope we see more of that in the kind of MCU in the future fingers crossed for sure yeah but yeah so now we come to the big the big set piece of the issue so yeah so the the D- this this Weasley Dean has like taken his wife for a romantic weekend in mm. this sort of like cabin and then he was it, is it his wife I thought it was another like student I wasn't oh sure. is it oh I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure I'm not sure myself but um, either way, there's, there, he's with a woman in this cabin, whoever it may be, and Geoforce busts in, and he's he's hulking, he's angry. He's, he's got a new uniform as well. He does have a yeah. new uniform. I think it was a, I think it was a birthday gift, I believe, in in one of the annuals. Um, I prefer the green, to be honest. I think brown isn't a very good color for superheroes. Well, it's, it is very similar to Terra's costume, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think I you know what I actually think he changed it because Terra died. Ah, okay. I think it was kind of it was kind of something to do with that because I think they're both mentioned in the same issue um, but yeah he basically busts into this chalet or this you know this cabin or whatever it is and and basically he's about to kill he's about to kill Rayburn yeah for, who, who for... pulls a gun on him and just snatches it out of his hand and just crushes it into powder which is I thought was great and then mm-hmm. uh, and then the next thing you like you look over his shoulder and there's Superman in full Superman pose hands on hips you yeah. know, th- this this isn't you know this isn't how we do this. Yeah, <laughs> this is not how a hero's role. Yeah, but it's it's quite it's quite an interesting kind of. He's almost like you're defending him. You're defending this act, this horrible thing that he's done. You're you know you're on his side. I can't believe you of all people, the most moral person on this planet, you're you're okay with this. The f- I think he, he punches him in the face, almost breaks his hand. Yeah, standard, yeah. standard Superman stuff. <laughs> and he says like, yeah, they've they've all got to learn the hard way. <laughs> I'm bored of this now. I'm bored of people punching me in the face. But you know what? Geoforce actually gives like Superman a run for his money. You know? Yeah, by manip- like, and that's something that, that I really appreciate. He manipulates the gravity around yeah. Superman because, of, like, he says part of your power comes from the fact that you're from a planet with stronger gravity. Well, I can, I can, I can take that advantage away from you by manipulating gravity. Mm. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I also enjoyed the 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 idea that like there's this interplay between them where Geoforce has because he's younger he has this sort of like very black and white view yeah. of the world and it's yeah. like it, I don't have to be condoning this action to know that you know killing isn't the best thing to do. Hmm. 
Like, or no, sorry, not even the best. <laughs> it's, you know, this, it's not an appropriate solution. No, no, for this for this matter, no, it's not. It's vengeance. It's not justice. Exactly. You know, that yeah, whole, that whole argument. Cool, really well choreographed fight. It's fun. It's in the snow, and and like we said, we see like and Superman like he comes out of it like worse for wear. He's got bruises, oh, yeah, yeah. marks. You know, it's not it's not like oh, you know, he flicks he flicks him in the face and it's over and done with. Like Geoforce does have that potential to be like super powerful. Oh yeah, for and sure. And I'm pretty sure at the end of the issue he goes, you know, once he's a bit more experienced, he's gonna be like top level. Yeah, there's no there's no bad blood there by the end of the fight. He's yeah. he's actually kind of proud of him, which I, I appreciated. But um uh, Superman just has this little sort of like uh, speech where he says like it's you know, you can't just kill people, you've got to believe that they have the capacity to reform and to be better. And Geoforce is like, well, all I can see is my friend in the hospital and you want to defend the man who put her there. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it, it, again, it's one of those things where it's a physical it's physical combat, but it's also a conflict of ideologies. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I'm yeah. always I'm always into that. Mm. And I like that Superman sort of like has a little look around with his supervision mm. and says, right, okay, nobody's here. And then just claps his hands together. And Geoforce's <laughs> like, what? And yeah. he causes an avalanche. You give me a round of applause or something? <laughs> <laughs> but he causes an avalanche where it lands on both of them. And then you just see him, Superman just sort of like laser vision his way out and then fly away. I really appreciated that. That was a really cool visual. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Superman defeats him. They come back. Um, Halo's met Superman, and it's, that that was a really nice meeting as well because they're both like kind of beacons of positivity for me. Yeah. And they're both, you know, she's very young and very positive, but and she's like, wow, that it's Superman and, and bowled over, and she's he's like, and he genuinely likes her as well. So yeah, it's a yeah. nice little meeting. But this is this is the clincher because Rayburn says, you know, Superman says, well, Geoforce has made some very compelling accusations against you what do you have to say for yourself and he like, says like oh I deny everything I absolutely deny it and then you just see this bat over <laughs> his shoulder and then Batman's there with like a manila envelope like really bitch yeah <laughs> and uh, Batman's man in the time while Superman's been dealing with Geoforce and stopping him Batman's got testimony from former students or students that didn't or did take to the advances uh, you know or the blackmail or what have you and you know he's going yeah you can probably argue one when it's you know a word against one person you know your word against hers but try eight yeah try eight people there you go have that stick that up your christmas tree you know <laughs> um so so yeah so i i it was a really i felt so i was so happy that it ended that way like there was justice in the end yeah you know, it was you know and he, and he did it they did it the right way they did it the moral way they did it with evidence and testimony and it, they could stand up in a court of law and you know justice won out in the end merry christmas yeah and it, it ends with this really sweet exchange between brian and denise in the hospital and then you just like see him holding her hand and then in the in the window behind him you can see superman and halo sort of like flying off into the snow and uh, yeah, really, really good issue. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it very, very much. Yeah, I think I think this was. I think this one. I th- I think I agree. I think this one is my favourite as well because it's again Superman's in it. It's nice fun. It's a great battle, and it's it's got some real world kind of ramifications and story. And I I do like that in a I do like that in a in a comic. You know, to have real world implications. It's not all just flights of fancy. You know, I like that sort of stuff. So it was nice, and I think it, you know that story even you know it still resonates to this day. It's still it still works as a story. You know, same sort of issues. But I yeah loved it. Thought it was 
was great. That was issue, I don't know if we mentioned it at the start, but that's issue 19. 19, yeah. 19 of the run. Um, so let's go on to our final Christmas issue. So this is 31? One? 31, yes, 31. Yeah. So this is a storyline, this is the finale of a storyline, so the final issue of a storyline called The Truth About Looker. So this is a kind of the final member of the Outsiders um, that is introduced. She's a, a bank kind of operator. Um, I don't know, what's, what's the best way to describe to describe her, I think? Mousy? Mousy, yeah, kind of mousy. She's she's not very confident in her looks or, or who she is. Um, um, she feels like she gets passed over for a promotion because there's someone more kind of classically good-looking, uh, classically attractive, or what society deems as more attractive. She has a loving husband, a doting husband, absolutely adores her, but she doesn't kind of believe it. She doesn't believe... She's like, oh, you could be with anybody, you could be with anybody else. In this, And she's introduced a few issues prior to this storyline. Um, and then in this storyline, she finds out that she is the descendant of a race of people, underground kind of dwelling people, not mole people, but kind of just an underground race of people. And the the place is called Abyssia. Um, and there's a, and there's a couple of couple of characters who are kind of having a civil war. There's a a prince and a princess. I think it's Prince Mor Mordo or Mord Morad or you know you've got Maru. Maru. Okay, Prince Maru. Maru. Yeah, and I think it's like Tatiana or Tamira or something like that. Wait a second, it, got it, it is Tamira. Name. Yeah, you're Tamira. Right, Tamira. Cool. Um, so they they are currently in the midst of a civil war, and she's the descendant of another line of royalty. And they experiment on her, and they they go to the outsiders go to rescue her and get embroiled in all this. A couple of them have their minds controlled because um, the, the royalty, the royal bloodline, have uh, superpowers, so kind of telekinesis uh, and kind of telepathic powers, so they're able to do certain things. Um, but the rest of the kind of people of Abyssia don't have any superpowers. Right. Um, and this comes from Haley's Comet, so it kind of it hit, hit, you know, travelled past the world. I think it was a segment of, of the comet came off, and they kind of absorbed the powers from that comet. And it's coming back round again, and I think the plan, if I remember rightly, the plan is to use their telekinesis to draw the comet into the earth that's right yeah kill the surface people the surface world and then kind of rule over what's the remainder of the kind of underground kind of world yeah so uh prince maru actually says like um i want to wipe out all life on this planet so we can start again much like general zod in man of steel mm. um and he says it'll be uh, all the benefits of a nuclear winter without all that nasty radiation basically <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which yeah okay sure. fine so yeah. yeah, when we when we uh, join the outsiders in this issue, most of them, well, they're all tied up, yeah. uh, and they're forced to witness um, this. They, they're putting her in this sort of like sphere of light, which is basically mm. a sexual eyeser. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then she emerges, and she's no longer got glasses and a ponytail, and yeah. she and she's all she's all hot, yeah. and uh, and she's got this. Really bizarre costume. I, I honestly think this is one of the worst costumes I've ever seen in anything. So it's like a pink leotard. One of the legs is cut off, um, and yeah. it and there's a bow. There's a bow at the, at the on the hip. Yeah, and there's, there's kind a bow of, on her hip, and there's kind of a Captain Marvel short cape as yeah. well. Um, and there's a like uh, it's got a very very low like plunging neckline, and mm. half of it's pink, half of it's black. Yeah, um, it's a, miss, a missing leg, and a, there's a, un, a revealed leg and a revealed arm, like and sleeveless arm. She's got like one like Captain America kind of boot that's blue and white, and <laughs> yeah. and one glove that's boot. blue and white. It's 
all over the place yeah. and she's she's got these really like like deadpoolish kind of like blue rings around her eyes yeah it's almost like um it's, it almost looks like a, a bit like the original dazzler design from the x-men okay because um, she had a kind of a pop kind of like, imagine lady gaga but for the for the disco era okay that's what dazzler kind of looked like i don't think it's a very good look for looker no um, yeah they, they basically put her in a she's all that machine <laughs> And she emerges exactly. like, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, and she's given, again, telekinesis, telepathy, um, and she's controlled by one of them, but then she switches sides, and then I think she switches back, um, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's right. Like she, She's she been given this mind control potion by the princess, uh, but then it's revealed that the <coughs> prince has given her uh, one. some, oh, some yeah. sort of like dominance spell. Oh um, yeah, doesn't he say, now I've given you the power to be a looker, and that kind of triggers his control over or something like that. That's right, yeah. yeah. Some subliminal, you know, mind control thing. It's really weird. But oh. yeah, basically, she turns on the prince. The one one bit that actually made me laugh out loud is, so the princess has got this giant stone statue of herself and she says, wait, will you at least tell us how you overcame our obedience potion? And she just lifts up this giant statue and goes, no. And squishes <laughs> her with the statue. You just see this, like, arm and this, like, puddle of blood. Squish. And you're like... Well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was a thing that happened. Yeah. So uh, that was yeah some blatant squishy murder. But I think the end she com- overcomes the mind control or something happened. I, I'll be honest. Before we even talk about the end, I didn't enjoy this one. No, it's not a it, great issue. It's. I don't know how you felt because this is again. I don't know if you read the other issues leading up to this. It would probably made a lot more sense. But even then, it's it's just a very... It's a story I've seen a million times before. Subterranean people at war. And it's just... And it's just it, by the numbers. It's not very interesting. And I think the character of Looker is problematic. Yeah. I mean, the, it's, I mean, the, ver, the very name Looker, it's kind of got misogynistic undertones yeah. anyway. Mm. The costume is... Very revealing. Very, uh, it's very of that sort of 80s, 90s kind of era. Yeah. The, the main issue for me was I didn't know whether it was because I was just coming into it at yeah. the end of, of uh, an arc. The arc yeah. um, but there was n- very little like character stuff because that's what I glom onto, you yeah. know, and that's what, like, if, if I've got enough of that, I can handle pretty much any kind of twists and turns in, yeah, in terms sure. of the story. Like, I, I'm here for the characters and their interactions, which is, you know, why I can overlook, like, like I get I get a hell of a lot out of films that maybe most people don't like, yeah. uh, because I like just good interaction between characters, but this... <laughs> This didn't do an awful lot for me, and there's it's it's a lot of like people flinging energy bolts at each other, yeah. and a lot of it's a bit of a criticism of comics of the time. There's a lot of telling instead of showing, yeah, yeah. and I think for a visual medium that's a little bit problematic. Mm. I think we get a lot of a lot less of it now. Mm. Uh, I think we get maybe internal monologues now, but yeah. like there's a lot of people just describing what's going on. Yeah. Um, in these issues and yeah it's the, the, I think I think it's kind of I think he's trying to do like an ugly duck storyline kind of thing like like actually she has all this power she has all this be- this inner beauty that has now come out but the, the thing is she gets really arrogant about it and she gets really full of herself there's an issue after this the final issue of the run where she gets catcalled by some builders and she likes it right yeah which I, I didn't I didn't really enjoy I didn't really think that's how you would you know um, resp- respond to stuff like that but I, I guess you know she's been given confidence but it's more like overconfidence and arrogance 
and I just, yeah, I don't think, I think that's her story is that I was ugly, now I'm pretty, that is it. Yeah. That, that is her story. And it's not interesting, it's not fascinating, and it's tied up with this subterranean war, civil war going on. She does have this doting husband who absolutely loves her, and it, you know, he, you know, he loves her regardless of her new looks anyway. You know, she was, he was happy with her before. So I, I just don't get it, really. I mean, yeah, I think, I think there's, there's something to be said for like, you know, being confident in yourself, yeah, sure. not through the prism of your relationship to someone of the opposite gender, no, but true. like, uh, that, there's not, there wasn't enough of the character for me to sort of like appreciate that, that sort of sense of liberation as yeah. it were. <laughs> the issue even ends with like the husband and he's sort of like, oh, Emily told me to go to this hotel room. Yeah. And then he opens the door. He's like, oh, sorry, I think I've got the wrong room. Mm. And then she's like, oh no, it's me. And she's like basically wearing like, you know, a, a, tis- a, a, yeah, a bit of tissue paper. Um, <laughs> and then like she, she turns around the do not disturb sign on the door and closes it. And then this like maze just walking past pushing a troll and she's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> you kids. <laughs> You, you kids, kids go at your, it. <laughs> you kids and your sexual stuff. So yeah, that's how the issue ends. Yeah, um, yeah. I like I said, it was a bit jarring for me because we come in right yeah. at the end of of, of this story. This arc, but yeah. I, I think even if I had read all of it, I would still be a little bit sort of about yeah. this issue. Yeah, I think honestly, I think I'm putting Looker in for Marvel. I'd, there's one of my least favorite characters, a character called Star Fox. Uh, who is basically Thanos's brother, and he has a creepy power that he can manipulate emotions, and he's based on like he's called Eros, based on the the uh, you know the god of love and everything. But he can emotionally manipulate people's pleasure centers in their brains. Right. And he, I think in She-Hulk, he even has a court battle about it because people are like, "Well, you've you're, you've purple manned me a bit." Yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, I, and I never really liked him anyway because he was just a bit cheesy and over the top and like full of himself, yeah. loved himself. And I think Looker is now the DC equivalent of Star Fox okay. for me. Yeah. Um, for different just, reasons. Yeah, for different reasons entirely. I just think she's poorly conceived character, poorly designed. Poor storyline, no backstory, no, nothing interesting about her. Like all the stuff you talked about with like Black Lightning, Katana, all this really interesting stuff and great kind of interpersonal relationships and backstories. Look has none of that. It's yeah. just, it's just, I feel like they've just gone, we need a new character. There you go. Yeah, and uh, there's just fundamentally that sort of like, well, if I was attractive, I'd have value. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit... Yeah, it's not true. Yeah, but um, the story is what the story is. Um, An issue after that um, is the final issue with Batman. He leaves the team. Again, I won't spoil um, how that ends or anything. It's okay. The the cover's right there on the the (laughs) front of the volume. He's walking (laughs) away grimly. But yeah, it's kind of... It's it's similar reasons why he started The Outsiders is similar reason why he leaves. They carry on regardless because they're they're a family, they're a team, they're a unit, and there's a another series that carries on after that with another Christmas issue. Um, maybe we'll get to that sometime in the future. I want I want to ask how Christmassy are these issues? Do you feel are they, are they have they got enough Christmas elements in them that you feel? Um, I mean, not massively. No. I, I'm 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 not I'm struggling to sort of like think. There are a few panels that feel Christmassy, like say, uh, especially at the start of the first two issues, yeah, yeah. Um, where we're just basically seeing people doing Christmas stuff yeah. and, and, and shopping or yeah, the tree yeah. or um, caroling with Superman and. All but that sort that's of stuff. that. I mean, that's that's kind of pretty much it. I mean, it's the the actual thrust of the story isn't really no. Christmas related. No, but it's it's that diehard thing, isn't it? It's is just it? Set at it's Christmas. something set at Christmas. Is it still a Christmas movie? Yeah, like, exactly. that's the you argument. know, is this a Christmas comic? If you want it to be, sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean. They all they're all set at Christmas, and that's why I chose them. And, I, and you know, I think 
I, I had a lot of fun with these issues as well. Like not the last one, but I'm glad I'm glad that they weren't all kind of you know middle of the road or boring or uninteresting or or too like schmaltzy or sentimental. For sure, yeah. I, I'm really glad that they were hard hitting and gripping as well, and good character interaction, good good artwork, good story for the most part. They were fun, and I'm glad I'm glad I picked these and. Uh, yeah, I've had a, I've had a lot of fun uh, reading these. Yeah, I'm definitely glad you introduced me to the title because I am really looking forward to going back and like reading these three volumes in their entirety, which mm. I'm pretty sure I'll start doing tonight actually. Yeah, but go for um, it. but also just this idea of like cherry picking out certain issues has actually made me think a little bit harder about like how I read comics yeah. because what I tend to do is I tend to wait till things are cheap on the sale yeah. and then when they're on the sale I'll get like these big volumes big collections but then yeah. because my collection is just growing 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 I find myself like racing through the comics yeah. to try and consume 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 so I can move on to the next thing yeah. which I think is a bit of a, a problem because yeah. you can't really like it's like trying to wolf down a three course meal you know you can't really savor anything um, I think that's I think that's the word is you don't necessarily savor it if you buy these big omnibuses and you're like I just want to finish this get it all done and then I can move on to something else and sometimes like I don't like there's panels and stuff and, and pages and stuff that I treasure as a kid I used to read over and over and over again for sure yeah. and like now I don't really do that as much yeah um, I very rarely will go back to stuff unless you know I'm maybe doing a review of it or something like that but yeah I think I think you are right there's something about our the kind of way we consume media in general I think we're like we're, we're binges now aren't we that's, yeah that's well what it, we it's it's so abundant and so affordable now mm-hmm. um so I, I think just going back and cherry picking three issues I had a little bit I mean I think I spent less than an hour reading all three about an hour including the first issue actually mm, yeah. but like it just gave me like okay so I know I'm only gonna have to read these like what 20 pages yeah um so I can I can take my time with it I can I can absorb what's going on even though in the third issue it was fucking pandemonium anyway <laughs> um but yeah I it, I it I'm grateful to you and to the podcast for mm. a introducing me to this title and b just like give me the opportunity to read like three issues rather than like a trade paperback of six yeah exactly, you know yeah. so I could take my time with them yeah and you can just just cherry pick have your fun and um, have your cake and eat it exactly yeah exactly um, or your Christmas pudding in this in this instance perhaps where do you stand on Christmas pudding because I think I'm the only person I know who likes it I don't like it yeah, yeah there you go there's a lot of people <laughs> don't anyway so um, so if you want to find these books they are available on Comixology in three volumes or you can buy the single issues on Comixology as well or you can try hunting down the original issues on eBay possibly or you can buy the physical copies as well the physical volumes of these these comics as well support brick and mortar always yes. support brick and mortar I haven't in this case <laughs> but this do instance. as I say not as I do yeah. um, or you can visit our, our favourite comic book shop on this podcast the Comic Den in Oldham if you're in that area or in Manchester um, I do recommend going back to Den's shop Den is on us, on this podcast quite a lot um, we've done several in, with several interviews with people from Malta been involved with the comic, uh, the Oldham Comic Con that he produces as well. I'll have him on again. He, he's chomping at the bit to be on this again because he he loves Superman like like yourself, Dan. Comics in general. Just the loves... shop's so good you won't even mind that you're in Oldham. That's and how I, good that is. I, I tell you what, I'm going tomorrow. So that's Saturday. What's what are we on today? Saturday the twenty. Uh, so Friday the twentieth. We're recording. I'm going Saturday the twenty first. Uh, you probably won't hear this until I'm well and true. That date is well and truly gone. But who cares? Uh, I'm going to be there. There's a little quiz we're having. 
having, so we're going to be like presents giving and things. So it's, it's oh, going to be, nice, be a nice little thing to do. So so that's going to be lovely. But yeah, definitely read this whole series because I've had a blast. I honestly went right through it, kind of binged it all in a good way. And it wasn't like I was just oh, I've just got to I've got to get through it. But I had a lot of fun with it, and and I'm glad you did enjoy it as well, Dan. For sure, yeah. But uh, I, we will leave this for the day, and we'll I wish you all a merry merry Christmas or whatever holiday you are celebrating, um, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, you name it. All the holiday season. Hope you enjoy your time with your family and friends, whatever you're doing. Um, but just to, before we go, we're just going to talk about where we can find us on the social medias. So where can they find you, Dan? Uh, uh, if you must, you can find me on Twitter. If you I'm, must, don't contact me, I'm please. I'm at DL Keatis, K-E-A-T-I-S. Um, I, I, I'll be there trying to like be a, a source of positivity in an oppressively negative <laughs> online environment. <laughs> the deluge of shit. Oh, <laughs> there yeah. is a lot there. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, Star Wars is out, so we know we're going to have a lot of... Uh, a lot of Angry fanboys, I'm sure. Yeah, I've noticed that Star Wars fandom is mostly composed of people who hate Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Quite incredible. Anyway, so uh, you can find us, uh, find Darren's uh, The Secret Balls. So it's at Secret Balls on Facebook, at Twitter, Darren underscore, underscore Balls. Spider on Secret Balls on Instagram, and the podcast is available everywhere. And don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.